Hey guys, how many times have you bought a CBD product at a gas station or liquor store only to find out it was complete trash? With so many CBD products on the market now, it's hard to tell snake oil from CBD oil. Let me tell you about Canary CBD. These guys are super legit. All their products are 100% traceable, naturally vegan, gluten-free, have zero pesticides, grown and manufactured right here in the USA, baby. They have all of their lab certificates available on their website and via a QR code on all their products. Not only is Canary transparent and legit as fuck, their shit is tasty. Check out their website at www.canarycbd.com. That's C-A-N-A-R-I-C-B-D.com. Use code BADETIQUETTE15 for 15% off your first order. Again, that's C-A-N-A-R-I-C-B-D.com. You can follow on Instagram and Facebook at CBD Canary or Twitter at Canary CBD. Is it some devil that crawls inside of you? stoplight and there's this truck next to me and i like couldn't see the passenger and i was like i don't know yeah i don't know if you like when i'm pulling up to a car and then they're like just behind me and i can't see who's driving it kind of creeps me out i'm like Mm -hmm. who the fuck's over there maybe it's a fucking celebrity you know a shitty ford ranger of course (laughs) (laughs) um but no and i like looked over and it was these two chicks and they were like i think they were checking me out i made like eye contact for like five or ten seconds like not that okay that'd prolonged be eye contact <laughs> yeah prolonged eye contact and i was like jesus must be a must be the dirty forerunner you know <laughs> i get weird when i'm i don't have a car so i get weird when i have to cross the street yeah and then a car pulls up mm-hmm. and i'll like wait there like you can just go it's fine yeah, oh, but oh, then like, they oh. insist that i go first oh it's it's like you can kill me go yeah, I'll walk behind him. I don't go like right here on Walnut, or yeah. is it the one right before Walnut? Whatever's right there. Like I went to the post office the other day, and I was walking back. It's like a block away, like whatever. And um, this car pulls up, and I just like started like walking behind them, and then um, the lady beeped, and I looked around. She's all, and then drove away. Like like put her hand up in the air. Like like what the fuck was that? Like why didn't you just cross the street? Because I walked behind her car. I'm like. Fuck because you're less li- a shit. <laughs> you're less likely to reverse and hit me. I definitely know where you're going. It's straight, bitch. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah I, I don't like uh, crossing the street when there's other, when there's cars, which you have to do if you walk. You know, I walk to work and stuff, and it's like because they just look at you. They're looking at you, and you're like, "What are these people thinking?" You know, not fun. Not a fan. Not fun. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and then I uh, just went into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I saw like my funny like strands of hair sticking out of my hat and I was like, oh, I think those girls were just laughing at me and looking at what a dork I looked like. Yeah, I feel like that a lot sometimes. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I tried to take a picture of you outside because of how handsome you look. Oh, well, thank you. I Seriously, think, you, I have, think... you have beard genetics out your ass. It's great. That's funny you say that because I was actually just getting ready to trim it. This is the longest it's ever it. been. You can trim it. It's still going to look good. But I'm not going to get rid of it. Fuck, yeah, don't get rid of it. It looks again. great. 
I think if someone can grow a beard, you got to have a beard. Yeah. I can't, so I just have the mustache. The mustache looks good, though. I think you should keep the mustache. And the little Abreu thing, too. Thank you. Kylie hates it. She hates the little soul patch. Yeah. Soul patch, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fucking. But honestly, like, it looks. I think it just completes the mustache look. Well, you also have, like, the jawline. Like, if I grew a mustache, I'd look like a fucking creep. But, like. I I look like a creep. I think you look good. But some people still think I look like a creep. I do have pictures of where I just had a mustache, but I have a real thin, dinky mustache. But um, I always do, like, whenever I shave my face, which is usually on accident, like, I'll go trim <laughs> yeah, my beard yeah, and it's okay. the wrong guard and it's, like, <laughs> and it's gone. I'm like, sick. Been there. Um, I'll just do, like, I'll go do a goatee or I'll just do a mustache or I'll just do, like, whatever the fuck the chin Play thing is. You know, just fucking around with them to take pictures because it looks silly. And then I just shave it all off. And every time I do that, I have one or two friends, if I have a mustache, they're like, you have to keep the mustache. Yeah, And dude. I'll keep it for like one day. And I'm like, nope. People are fucking off. such big fans of mustaches. It's hilarious. I, I feel like people talk to me with more respect when I have a mustache. Which is funny because people hated the mustache for years. For years. The mustache fell off hard. I'll tell you one thing, though. Still to this day, even with the long like handlebars and everything I have on here, I still get people that are like, my 70s porn stash. And then you should be like, damn right. You know what? That's golden, what I used to say. Golden age of pornography. But also, I think right now is the golden age of pornography. You can just fucking find it it's anywhere. It's so readily available. So readily Check available. it out. We've been talking for five minutes and we're already on pornography. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take long. But but like I don't has no one ever seen 70s porn? Their mustaches don't look like this. Now that I think about it, if I ever stumbled onto any of that weird vintage pornography, I don't really think I'm paying attention to the mustache. So I don't That's know. That's fair. That's fair. Think it, about that. If yeah. anything, I'm just trying to determine which bushel of pubes belong to the woman you know yeah, exactly it makes me think about when the razor blade was really invented um <laughs> i think about tom Selleck when i see the mustache oh like yeah a magnum pi yeah for you got sure. a oh, fucking king mustache shit king mustache i like that that should be your, your fucking instagram king mustache yeah. that'd be funny i would never change the night of the giving head though it's yeah that it, one's really it's a good. classic i've had it for like almost 10 years mine uh my xbox gamer tag is bone depot <laughs> i got that from a ron white special i was like that's perfect i'm stealing that <laughs> ron, ron, ron white is the one of my personal heroes oh he's so funny he's have so you seen funny. it I, I don't know if it's his most recent comedy special on netflix yeah yeah my course. favorite part is when he's talking about he was in the navy yeah <laughs> that's there's this one story. mile stretch in the middle of hawaii <laughs> Where you can go get a blowjob from a prostitute for five dollars, you take him around the block and then you kick him out. I went there twice a day, every day for eight months. <laughs> He's like, years later, I'm watching a documentary talking about she-male prostitutes at a one-mile stretch in Hawaii. I got my dick sucked by 180 dudes. What's the record? <laughs> I've learned to recite that because I think that's so fucking... That's just a gold part of that special. Dude, that's the fa- my favorite joke. He told that story on a podcast once, uh-huh. and I couldn't fucking believe it because like, he wasn't even using it in his act or uh-huh. like... And uh, it was on Rogan's podcast, and he was like, you've got to tell the story. And It's so fucking funny. And it's the way that... 
it hits the way a good joke should because he'll deliver the punchline and then he says what's the record like yeah. he's proud of it and the i'm t- like that just makes that just ties the whole thing together so funny you i mean you gotta be so fucking cool of a straight guy to learn years later that you've had 180 guys suck your dick <laughs> every day twice a day for eight months now i've never had my dick sucked by a guy that i'm aware of well he wasn't aware of it you know i don't know i don't know there's right. some, you know i've hooked up with some ugly bitches man some they questionable yeah partners. they could have just been okay looking dudes <laughs> okay go on you got my attention i can't imagine anyone would be better at sucking a dick than a person who has a dick because they're like i know exactly what it yeah, should you feel probably, like yeah, you already understand it you know yeah because like you know that's why lesbian porn exists people girls yeah. are like we know too that's how i learned how to know what to do with like a woman yeah is watching lesbian porn when i was a teenager because i was like so homophobic i was like i'm not gonna wa- watch anything with a dick in it oh you know? wow yeah that's really funny and now and now sometimes i'm like oh they're actually you know i'll, I'll be watching porn and i'll realize oh uh, i think this is just gay porn dallas <laughs> <We> gotta- <laughs> i've come too open-minded i think uh I don't know. It can't be that pleasant of an act to do. Um, I mean, yeah, just think about like... That must suck. (laughs) That must suck. (laughs) You ever have a lollipop, you know, you you can't stand, like you're sick of? Like by the time time you're done with it, your tongue's like sore and like... And you're like, why am I still doing this? You have like bumps in your mouth and shit. (laughs) Uh, That might just be the herpes I have, but... (laughs) Maybe that's just me. Uh, (laughs) No, I don't know. Like, uh... In the spirit of fellatio, I mean, I it's it's great when it happens, but I'm sure that women or men probably don't even really enjoy probably doing it either. It's more of a favor thing, I think. I don't think know. it's a favor. I don't think. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I wouldn't. This sounds terrible. Good. I wouldn't a- suck me off. So. <laughs> You gotta like. You gotta understand. I'm a. Oh, I I know I know immediately when like it's a good time or a bad time. Yeah. You know what I mean. You ever it's... you ever opened your phone camera on accident when you're you have your phone in your lap? That's not fun. I mean, I can't be. I look like fucking uh, the fucking who's the little goat guy in Hercules. Oh, the satyr, uh, fucking in the cartoon. Danny I mean, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, the guy who played. I look like, probably look like that from that <laughs> angle, and probably super demanding too. So, <laughs> holy shit! Off to a good start. Off to a great start. Uh, <laughs> but like, there are certain times of the day where I'm like, "There's no way." It like it, it, fantasy, like land type stuff, like porn, like you know fiction yeah like, it's fiction man what if i have a really hot ups delivery girl show up and she wants to suck my dick it, it now's not a good time let's paint this, are, let's paint the setting like it's like she, <laughs> she comes <and> it, <laughs> she comes to the door and she's like hey i need a you got to sign for this package and you're like i don't got a pen and neither does she therefore you then have to compromise with your penis. I don't know. It's <laughs> first, uh, first of all, <laughs> I, I, as someone who worked for UPS for a couple of weeks once, 
a woman who show or a d- driver shows up to your door without a pen is got to be the worst fucking delivery driver they have. Yeah. You got to get the fuck out of here. Real. That of course. That's why that's why you can't have a woman delivery driver. I've never seen a UPS <laughs> woman delivery driver. I've seen a few. You've seen a few? I've seen a few. Yeah. I've seen a few. But do they have to wear the shorts? I've actually they wear the pants. What the hell is that about? They wear the long pants. And that's I I mean I could be wrong. But uh, they wear the long pants. I know the dudes wear the short shorts, so you would think that the women could wear the short shorts, but they do not. I'm sure some of them wear shorts. They'd be getting some extra packages, I tell you what. But, like, what if you're working in, like, Tucson, Arizona, and it's, like, 112 outside? You're probably not going to want to wear the pants. Probably not. You know? So just, I don't know. It's, who knows? But I, I think I've seen a few where they're wearing the long, and they're baggy pants, which has to suck, you know? <laughs> but I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I, I think you should be able to wear whichever you want. And I don't know. You know what? I, I was, I had a UPS driver on last pod, the last podcast I recorded. Mm-hmm. My friend, Ben, I didn't even ask him about this. Different strokes. Mm-hmm. It's a trip. <laughs> We're over here talking. This went from pornography to delivering packages. It devolved. Which in the, it, it really evolved. It well, went from the, it went from the end, the, the, you know, well, like we could say, we could like say that setup. both those things still have in common. They they have something in common because packages are still being delivered. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I love this finger. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, oh man. But you know, like, and then there's other days when I'm like, God, I'm clean. I'm shaven. Yeah. I'm manscaped. Yeah. This dick is made for sucking. <laughs> and then it doesn't happen. Yeah. And then there's none of that going around. I'm at the point where I am so single. That I don't even want to touch my my shit that I got going on, which is fine. I don't know. Like uh, I'm going through this. I call I'm calling it a phase of rightful selfishness because I just it's don't called self improvement. It's self you're allowed to have that. I encourage yeah. it amongst all my friends, especially men, because they kill themselves more. Yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate for sure. With uh. That's been a thing a lot, and especially in our town in the past couple of years, was dealing with a lot of that. I've known a lot of people who've, some that were actually very close to me, which sucks. Um, when, was, when was the last time we got together? December of? 2019, 2019. Might have been the end of 2019. December of 2019, because um, arguing with myself hadn't come out yet. It was yeah, about to be released, and right. I think you I'm released that into February. I put that. I put the album out in October of 2020. Okay, so but the, I'm the to, single. That's I right. Think, the, no, I think we. I think it was like 2018. No, because it had to have been 2018. I was still living in Lompoc. Okay, because well, in 2019 well, I was living in Mission Hills. Well, let me see here. Let me see here. It's been like two years now already. No, that can't be right. I gotta look it up now. You're fucking tripping me out. I but think. Yeah, I think so. I think it's it been was. a fucking long while. That's for sure. But I'm also so happy to have you back. For those well, yeah, of you, absolutely. For those of you just now tuning in or just finding out, uh, Brett Ryan Leitz has been on the podcast before, and he's a wonderful man. And if you want to catch up or have anything that we're going to connect to or understand the uh, references, you can go back to the first one. It's number uh, not loading here. Come on, it, what is the fuck is up so with the this Central was, Coast? There is no. What was it called? A short fight ensued. I think that was the episode name. I think it was. A short. No, 
Wait, I can't it? remember when. I'm looking at Spotify. I'm looking at when it was uploaded on Spotify, and I know that I think this might have been. Damn, I cannot. Oh, man. I forgot I moved to San Diego for a fucking year. It's a whole life. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't lifetime remember at ago. all when that came out. A short. Damn, have you ever actually been on my podcast? I can't find it. No, I definitely was. I definitely. I'm, I know. I'm. 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 I'm you motherfucker. <laughs> Either way, um, I'm yeah. pretty sure that this happened. There you are. In 2018, I might be wrong though. I don't oh yeah, know. a short fight ensued with Brett Ryan Leitz. Oh, I remember because you gave me this excellent photo. Look, you have a bottle of Jack Daniels in your hand. Looks like there's a U. Okay, you're right. You. It was December 17, 2019. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, that was right. Um, what a weird time. Dang, we talked about Mike Patton. I had no idea. Yeah, I we no talked about Mr. Bungle and Faith No More. Yeah. Everything um, he touches turn, turns to gold. He's amazing. Oh, yeah. I love Faith No More. I also still love the Red Hot Chili Peppers as well. They're you know, putting out a oh, new that's album right, that's with. Right. That's, way, that's yeah, how we got I, on. They're remember. putting out a new album with John Frusciante. He came back. Their old finally. guitarist. Yeah, like the one where yeah. all the hits came from. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, what a strange time. I mean, that was. It's You know, you never it's been really. Over a year. That's pretty fucking cool to have you back. Yeah, and you never really think about. The like how things can change in in just that amount of time because it doesn't seem like that long. It doesn't seem like that long, but it was. It was I mean, that was almost two years ago now. Coming up, so, coming up in a few months. That's Dude, two I can't years believe ago. it's been almost two years. I feel like I just had you on, and I'm like when I have repeat guests, sometimes I worry that people are annoyed that they're back so soon. No, no, yeah, no. I, this was two years ago. I, don't, I think crazy. I was asking to come back sooner than that. Um, yeah. Oh, definitely. And I, was I had really... just said it's a good time hanging out. You know. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, it doesn't suck this time. Well, I'm enjoying <laughs> myself so far, and it's also just good to see you. You're so, uh, I like talk. I've always liked talking to you. You're an interesting person. Thank you. So that means a lot. There's like, uh, but I think back at that time period of when I was on the podcast before, it's like, dude, fucking from. So I the, I went on the podcast and we were talking about how I was putting out new music or I was getting ready to. Yeah. And I was talking about booking solo shows. And then I had said some things about yearbooks. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and really... Yearbooks, the band you were in with your brother. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't really remember. I only listened back to the podcast, I think, maybe once. I don't think I listened to everything we talked about, but... I'm surprised every time people listen to their own episodes. Yeah. Like I, I've been on a podcast once and I didn't listen. I was like, I, I, I went through it. I talked about it. I never went back and listened yeah. to it. I listened I, to bits and pieces, but I know that I got, I was like scrolling through the, mm-hmm, like just mm-hmm. going through the timestamp mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I got on the yearbooks thing. And here's the thing. Like, yeah, not like I'm trying to make up for anything I said then I was, I think I said some things that were a bit questionable to my character during that topic maybe not i don't know but talk to me what are you trying to say here so at that point in my life i was fuck drinking a lot like a lot a lot and it was only getting worse and yeah drinking a lot usually doesn't end up being better you know (laughs) (laughs) and uh so it was like from december to january february march um 
This is when we're going, we're leading into the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, this is when, December of 2019 is when COVID stuff started happening in China. But, yeah. like, it hadn't really been majorly publicized yet. At, this, at that time, there was still no understanding. Yeah, we were hearing about happening. it. It was still called coronavirus. Right. Yeah. And I was getting fucking trashed, like, every day. Every day. And I'm surprised I was sober for that. And I'm pretty sure I talked about bringing whiskey or something. I or, think you might have mentioned it. Yeah. But, I mean, I was getting wrecked, like, maybe every I, day. Maybe I talked you out of it. Yeah, I don't know. I know the one thing I when I think I know the one thing I said before the podcast was, like, I don't want to talk about drinking. I think I, really? that was the one thing I said is, yeah, I don't want to talk about my drinking or my relationships. Oh, my. oh yeah, I remember that. Okay. I don't remember the drinking. That's fucking funny. But I think I did end up talking a little bit about it. But anyway. Um, I, I let people express themselves. Yeah. You know. As of today, I am 99 days sober. 99 days 99. sober? Tomorrow is a hundred Dude, days. what? High five. That's fucking awesome. Which is the longest. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's the longest I've ever gone since I started drinking. Um, yeah. And... It's weird. It's weird. And, it, and it's weird in the sense that, like, that, that I used alcohol. Like, that was a big part of who I am, was just partying and drinking. And yeah. that's how I made friends. That's how I was able to perform. That's how I... Shit, I wrote songs about it. Like, that yeah. was... It's just... I thought I was so rad. Like, I just thought I was a cool guy. <laughs> but then I, like, looked back in, in hindsight, and I'm like, man... I just wasn't very cool. Like, you know, that's not what made you cool. You're cool. It was just an accessory yeah. to you. I thought that I thought I was just a rad guy to get drunk with and hang out with. But then I just figured out. I was like, man, I'm, that's all I do now is just get drunk. So, leading into the, what I was saying about yearbooks, it's like during that time. Like, if I did, I don't recall what I said, but I'm sure I said something negative. Um. I had really like no right to talk because at the time I was from right when we did that podcast, we had just gotten back from a tour, which I think was our last tour that we did. Mm. And I was trashed for like, I was getting drunk every day. Yeah. And not I have insomnia. Mm -hmm. So like sleeping on tour was shitty. Dr so therefore I'd be exhausted and drunk. That's the worst. And mm -hmm. drinking actually exacerbates uh, yeah. your sleep, mm -hmm. your bad sleep. Like your, um, since I quit drinking, mm -hmm. I, I've been able to sleep fine. You sleep good now. Yeah. What, what other, what other things you notice since you quit drinking? Um, I'm, well, I mean, you, you do get that clear mindedness to a degree. I mean, I'm still very early on, but, um, I mean, dude, that's three, no, that's what is that? That's three it's over, three, over months. three months. Yeah, um, and like I don't go to me like meetings or like you don't AA have to. programs, yeah. but I do have some sober people that I talk to when temptation starts. You're, you're like quote unquote sponsor, you know? Yeah, because here's the thing: like I, my thing is I would make an excuse. Um, my excuse for drinking was. I do it to have fun. I'm not doing it for any other reason than that. I'm not doing it to suppress my emotions. I'm not doing it to run from anything. I do it because it's fun, you know, and everybody likes to have fun. But it's kind of hard to feel anything when you're having fun all the time. So, yeah, it's, I've been more in touch with, like, my emotions, for better and for worse. You know, I, I've been... Um, I'm okay with talking about it now, but like I've been in recovery. I am in my own process with recovery. Like I started going to therapy 
And really? I see it. Yeah, and I go to a psychiatrist That's so as cool. well. I've been wanting to do that for a long time. Oh, there's no shame in that game at all. Not at all. No, not at all. Like, and and that was. Um, I started therapy before I quit drinking. Like that was something that that was one of the first thing motions that could put in mind. And my therapist told me, yeah, that um, if I'm not clear of mind, therapy is going to not really take Benefit. hold yeah. very well. Yeah. And that I still kept drinking. And the thing was, is that I was like lying about how much I was drinking. Of course, going out we all once or twice yeah. a week. But I it's don't like think, I'm going out every night. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I've ever genuinely told someone how much i've actually drank uh-huh. unless it was like an actual innocuous amount like if yeah. i said oh i had one beer it's because i only got to one beer yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah and i don't have any issue at all with people drinking you know i have an issue with people drinking and driving you know but and other things that go along with it but like i'm not gonna like not hang out with people or not go somewhere just because people are drinking now does it get hard to do that yeah you know, I'm not like. I went to the sham the other night yeah. for karaoke right after practice, and oh was, really? Yeah. I just missed you. Oh yeah, I got there at like probably like ten thirty. Oh, I was, I was way there. gone by then. Yeah, I was yeah. only there for about forty five minutes, but mm-hmm. stopped by and said hi to some friends. I sang "Easy" by the Commodores because nice. that's one of my favorites. Yeah, and, of course. Uh, just went and sang one song, and then I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna I leave." F- a fucking Faith No More has a great cover yeah, exactly, of that. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how I first heard that song was yeah, actually that version. Yeah. And my favorite part is right before the guitar solo, Mike goes, ooh, and that's like my favorite part of the song. And I do that when I do the really? fucking, because um, I'll, oh, you know I'll play that at my shows too. When I first started hanging out with you was years ago, mm-hmm. and it was going to karaoke at Burrito Loco or whatever the uh, Mexican restaurant. Taco Roco. Is, is it Taco Roco? I think Loco? it was Taco, or. Ta- Maybe it was Taco Roco. Taco Roco, I think. So it's where Floriano's is moving across the street. Yeah. And they used to have karaoke. And, um. You were so fucking good. And I remember at one point we were there with like, um, I think. Like Tim and Haley Haley and and, uh, Dakota was there. It was so funny. I was fucking hammered for that too. Dude. And (laughs) I remember you just screaming into the mic at one point. I did monkey wrench. By Foo Fighters. Okay. Yeah, and there's that whole scream section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the look oh, on people's God. faces. It was so much fun. I was like, I fucking love this guy. I was so guy. embarrassed after that. That's ridiculous. And that was just the beginnings of finding out what an incredibly talented musician you are. Well, thank you. I, I remember we were, a lot of that time, like, we spent skateboarding in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And, like watching vhs videos and i was stealing your mom's cigarettes and yeah <laughs> fucking a that was i think about that time like that was fuck man i think i was 17 when i moved out of my my home and yeah i must have been about 18 i think you had just turned 18 how old are you when, when's your birthday 95 95 what what month april yeah you're j- barely older than me i turned i got yeah. august yeah okay okay so, yeah so 17, 18. Wow, that was crazy. I moved out just, like, I think I moved out a few weeks before I turned 18. But, I mean, like, I was That's not working. That, oh. I wasn't working. I was just, like, smoking pot, playing in a band, crashing at Haley's house. Fucking dream right there. Just, like, skateboarding and, like, not really, just not just doing whatever. Like, not really doing too much. And mm-hmm. 
It was fun. It was fun. I remember Haley made me a birthday cake on my 18th birthday. I think I remember. You might have been there, and then she bought me a pack of cigarettes. Oh, (laughs) back when you could buy them at 18. Yeah, back when you were able to buy them at 18. That's hilarious. And And now, I think, so ironically, you... Is it 21 for, like, the whole country for cigarettes now? I I think so. I I think think that's the federal age now. I feel like kids vape and smoke now more than ever because all of Especially a sudden vaping oh yeah fuck man like those puff bars they're fucking addicting they're so much fun oh uh, yeah i i can't do it like what's weird is that like i was vaping for a while so i've heard yeah i was vaping for a while <laughs> i was vaping for a while and i was like drinking a whole bunch so i'd only smoke when i was drinking which was like every night. So yeah. it's like I didn't even so quit smoking in the fucking first That's place. That's my favorite line. In, uh, I only drink when I smoke. And <laughs> or smoke when I, whatever. Either way it works. But then I quit drinking and then I just, now I can't stop with the fucking cigarettes, man. I'm like, anyway, it's so, I'm veering off here. That's um, okay. Talk to me. Keep it, just veer off. Kinda, There's no rhyme or reason to this show. I'm yeah. just here with my friend Brett and oh, I want to yeah. talk. Same. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to give the rundown on how things have been. So it's like, from early 2020, I was working at the brewery at Solving Brew. Yeah, which is going to open back up soon, I heard. I have no idea. The last thing I heard from them was file for unemployment because of the (laughs) pandemic. I remember remember you saying that at one point, and then... I had to file un- for unemployment like the, later, like just like the next weird. day. It was weird. It was so weird. So January, February, that whole area of time, early 2020, like I was going out every night and partying every night and not just drinking, you know, it's just like getting fucked off into like oblivion, you know, just like not on a good path, you know, yeah. and I wasn't making a lot of money and hanging out with other people it's hard to be an entrepreneur when you that's drunk a lot so hard to carry this talent (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) i'd I'd imagine no um so like february rolls around right and i was working at the brew coast still and i was getting ready to get a job at a dispensary yeah and uh yeah and uh (laughs) There's a, I played, yearbooks played our last show in Lompoc in February, on February 22nd, 2021, and I only remember that date because that's the date of one of my favorite Nirvana concerts, <laughs> so for some reason I remember that date, and uh, I don't know how it happened, but I got so fucking drunk that I don't even remember playing the show. So we, we had a band called Saturday from L.A. come up, and they're a great band, and they were playing the show. And they we met all at Sushi Terry, mm-hmm. right? Because we were playing at Stages. Mm-hmm. And um, Stages is a small venue in Lompoc. And uh, <laughs> she, um, so we were, we were there, and I met with a friend of mine. Yeah. He was buying sake bombs, mm-hmm. and they do oh, the big God beer bless. there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I didn't know they did sake bombs there. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. That was my first underage drinking in a restaurant and it's experience. Like the Stein. Yep. Like yeah, fucking. And I go and I'm playing the show and I take a picture with a friend of mine. <laughs> I'll send it to you. We'll have to use it as the photo for the fucking one. My face is so red. My hair is blonde. <laughs> I have this weird smile on my face and I'm just fucking cooking. <laughs> cooking. And then 
before the show, which I showed up late to, and missed like the first two bands. And I was drinking at Sushi Terry. Then we'd gone to the Sham. Then my other, then a friend of mine shows up with a bottle of tequila in the parking lot, and I'm just oh, like God. completely fucked. And the last thing I remember was, um, stage just has these like white lights. At least I think they do, and. <laughs> I felt like I could see these white lights. Like, I can't see shit. And I'm trying to tune my guitar, and I'm looking at my tuner pedal. And then I lost everything after that. That was your last. <laughs> that was my last show with your books in town. And so then, so I was just drinking a shit ton, you know. And we played our last show on, like, fucking, when did everything shut down? Do you, like, remember Mar- like, the date? The March fir- 14th, March, something yeah, like March that? Yeah, March 9th, 10th. So like we played a show like the week the weekend right before in Pomona. Yeah. And it was weird cuz now people were actually starting to come to yearbook shows. <laughs> <laughs> and I've I something so strange happened so like I wasn't drinking for this one. But I started wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And this is before everyone started like really wearing a mask. This is when they were encouraging restaurant workers to start wearing a mask and I don't even remember that. Wow. That was the first time I'd wore a mask. It was mm-hmm. like that night. I remember the first time I put a bandana on and I went outside and I and like remember that time of the year it was super rainy and uh-huh. stormy and gloomy Lompoc. and shitty. And, it, and dude the streets were fucking empty. I felt I never felt more like Mad Max in dude. my life. Like I was like Every time I went to the, it completely changed the way I carry myself uh-huh. and what I carry with me at all times, and like I'm, I feel so much more prepared for yeah. shit to go down in such a new way. I was fucking terrified. Like, I, I, was, I, I was one of those people that really let the fear get to me. I was fucking terrified. I was honestly. It couldn't have been happier, and I was so excited. Like, I get to fucking stay away from people, and I, you know, it was I, that was like a cool, like I. Although, yeah, no, I, I, it was fine. Honestly, some of the happiest I've time like there was I've some ever, good times. There's some good times sure. during that first lockdown. The first, first fucking the good. I'd times. say the first two months might have been the happiest I've been as an adult by myself. See, that's a trip because that was like the opposite. That's so cool to know that one of us is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there was what I'm trying to say. This big picture is like there was so much stuff getting ready to change right at yeah, the beginning of yeah, last year, yeah. and I was starting to become aware of it. Now, like after that show, that was our last show, and because it was, I th- it was like during the week. Middle too. of the week. It was yeah, like middle, day. like yeah. Tuesday or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like three days later. It was cloudy as shit. It had been raining. Yeah. Um, it's like the only time it fucking rains in this place is like February mm-hmm. or March. And um, I got to work. And this we started hearing. Now this is when it starts playing on TV. Yeah. And this was the day that sports was canceled. Oh, or the, the, the sport and, football and, and basketball NBA, got canceled yeah. right before. Yeah, one of them got canceled right before. That was it. And so I showed up to work, and my boss goes, "I showed up to work, and the doors are closed, and everything's locked." Oh, and uh, I think it was a Wednesday. It had to have been a, like like a Tuesday or Wednesday because I would go and do the night shift. I'd show up at like four in the afternoon. And my boss texts us and goes, "I text her I'm like, what's going on?" 
yeah. are you here and she's all yeah we're not uh we're not opening today and i'm like uh why and she's little like fucking notice because nice. of the coronavirus and um and this is and it was like the day before they started confirming cases in santa yeah. barbara county yeah and i'm like what the like what fuck what the fuck is going on like and yeah. then from that point on shit just got fucking weird like, i remember like the same day me and andy went to we were getting gas or something at circle k and somebody had posted on Lompoc Valley Neighborhood Watch yeah. a screenshot from some other neighborhood watch app called like Next Door or something uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh. And this lady posts this incredibly cryptic post on there that says, just wanted to get everyone a heads up. Me and my husband have traveled out of the country by airplane twice in the last month and we both have upper respiratory infections. Whoa. Referring to the fact yeah. that they have COVID. Yeah. And that they were in Lompoc and they had COVID. And then after that, shit just got really gnarly, really fast. Like I, I it seemed like it was within a week, everything was done. It, it, it everything just everything closed. People stopped going out. If you went to the store, to grocery shop, you had to have. It, they weren't even enforcing masks because people were so volunteer were so terrified that they were just wearing it on their own, anyways. Yeah, they were like already ready. And it people it would so leave the weird. aisle if you went down it. They would just fucking leave. Yeah, it was heaven. Yeah, <laughs> it, I loved it. So yeah, it the thing. And so that's a good contrast for this conversation is because like I was worried because my whole well being and part of how I make money in my career is music. Yeah. So when shows started getting canceled and venues started closing, I was like, holy shit! I'm done. I'm screwed. I'm fucked. And I lived with other people. I had like four roommates. Yeah. So That's and one of and one of them was a he's much older. He's in his I think he's almost sixty, but he was older. Yeah. And so he was super cautious about of course where you go and who you're around and mm-hmm. disinfecting things and oh, I remember I remember that putting that fucking hand fucking sanitizer thing. on your This like, is right when you couldn't bags. buy toilet paper anymore. This oh, was like yeah, yeah this we was, couldn't buy toilet yeah, paper. Like I the forgot. end of the end of March you couldn't buy toilet paper and you couldn't Do buy you, hand sanitizer dude, or bleach. Can you fucking believe how ridiculous it's gotten? First of all, it started ridiculous and it's still in a whole nother genre of ridiculous right now. Right. Oh, it's so fucking annoying. I remember being this, much more frightened in the beginning than I am now. Like I didn't leave my house at all. Like uh I would have alcohol delivered to my house. I would have food delivered to my house. I did not leave my house I, I didn't for about any, two months. I didn't get anything delivered. I just went ahead and... Or I would go to the liquor store in Mission Hills and buy alcohol, but that was it. And then I would wear gloves and a mask, and then I would disinfect the bottles and then drink them. And <laughs> shit like that. Just completely just fucking fear-mongered. And- I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you something. I gotta admit to you something. Um, everyone was so hellbent on washing their hands during all this that when i would go to the bathroom to take a piss i would tell people i wash my hands after yeah i i didn't (laughs) (laughs) i was lying fucking awesome kylie would text me the delivery on that was perfect by the way (laughs) i did not (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) um Kylie would text me and like make sure I was doing this or that because she was super cautious about it, and I was like, I'm home alone, like I don't care, you know. Right. It was so I was like, 
uh, I was in a much more, I was in a better position to be like comfortable and happy. And, and it was really cool. I got drunk every day for 78 days and fucking watched the Michael Jordan documentary and binge watched the Sopranos, which I still haven't finished. No spoilers. I know how it ends. I need but to just watch don't tell that. Me I haven't anything. seen it yet. I need to watch the whole thing. Uh, it was terrific. It. And I just, and I just fucking, I did yoga and ate pop tarts and got a little chubbier and like grew, you know, grew long ass hair. It was terrific. Yeah. It was great. I mean, I did have, there were some sweet moments when lockdown like came about and all that. But how about that unemployment money, dude? Oh. I just fucking sat there and got a couple grand. That was the most money I've ever had. In most my life. money I've ever had dude, in my well, life. I, Which is so funny because if they didn't take that money out of my taxes, I would have also had that much money a long time ago. Yeah, for real. So, but because like when I filed for unemployment, it was like a few. It'd been like a, like a month yeah. after I lost my job at the Bruco, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know why I waited that long, but. Well, I they retroactively that. paid me. Oh. So $3,100 hit my bank account when oh. I thought it was only going to be like 1200 bucks, And I was like, oh. so I bought all my recording studio gear with that. Fuck yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> then uh, I blew it all. <laughs> I feel like I had, oh, you know what I did? I moved. That's yeah, that's right. Money. That's, yeah. I was like, I don't know where all that money went because I got to tell you, I don't have anything new. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I was think, able to I buy all my stuff. Recording. I bought a new skateboard, but that's, that's cool. like. You're still skateboarding a lot? Not a lot, but I, I still skate. I, you know, here, here, here's how little I skate. I don't wear skate shoes anymore. Oh yeah, for real. <laughs> I, I, I mean, only I, wear I, skate I, shoes, I, and I don't skate at all. Well, you, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I would fucking never like be caught boots. without. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, oh, dude, I'm turning into a fucking hick. It's so funny. It, you tuck your shirt in ever? No, I'm. I, I, I still You're like. I'm almost there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm almost there. <laughs> I'm a little. I got to do some more setups before I can ch- fucking tuck. My hey man, shirt I in. got a gut that hang that walks through the door before I do, and I still tuck my shirt in. Hey man, that's I fine. Like you do you. I like your style. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, some people aren't comfortable with themselves. Okay. Same. But yeah, dude, I'm turning into such a fucking hick. It's hilarious. I think it's. I, it 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 started happening like little like by little mm-hmm. like not even like I don't even know what to call it. Not a hick. Not a redneck. I'm not a cowboy. I'm just like in that flavor. You're just you. I am just You're me. Just you. And sometimes it looks like I'm a fucking redneck. <laughs> sometimes it looks like I, I was at a rally. I oh, was at shit. a fucking I was at the Capitol on January sixth. And dude, it's ridiculous. Kylie calls me a Republican like once a week now. I'm like, no stop. <laughs> I was like, those pussies, they don't know anything about freedom. Fucking But anyways, sorry if you're a Republican and you're listening to this. Um, And, and you know. Nobody knows anything. We're all going to die. I give a shit. (laughs) But uh, thanks for listening. Um, I I, I don't know what it is. It started happening when I thought I was going to move to Tennessee. Yeah. I thought I was going to move to Tennessee about five or six years ago. Yeah. So it was way before like every one was like, let's get the fuck out of California. It's a fucking shithole. There's homeless people uh, shitting everywhere and uh, you can't afford property and there's a housing crisis and our governor's two million people said they don't want him and he's still there and <laughs> god For and it's real. just like all kinds of things like like that were not even happening yet yeah also i think there was a whole different governor back then too but probably <laughs> i was gonna move to tennessee and i was like starting in my head to like embrace like a different side of culture that i literally 
hated and thought was stupid and it was like country music sucks and I fucking hate camo and and it, so I was just began I opened my mind and I drove across country with Kylie to mm-hmm. go to Tennessee to see if we'd even want to move there right. and it was it was only one week but it opened my mind so much to little things that I was denying I enjoyed it's a whole different feeling huh I feel the same thing about Idaho yeah. yeah. Oh my Same kind god, of feeling. dude! I would move to Idaho in a second. Idaho if fucking Brian rules. Dolan didn't live there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's getting out of California rules. There's certain things about California that you can't just unmatched. But there's of a course. lot of bullshit. It's, it's the most uh, diverse um, geographically. Yeah, it has everything. It has the yeah some nice beaches i was gonna say the best beaches but i've never been to the gulf of mexico so i really don't know i've been to san diego i like some of the beaches there love the beaches you used to live you were living down there right that's where you moved you've been to pacific beach and ocean beach and all that down there no you know where i went was i i was in north county so Mm -hmm. i would be in like oceanside carlsbad i'd go to pipes and oh yeah things like that Mm -hmm. and uh i live in east county so i was like oh I lived in Southeast County, so like I lived El Cajon. El Cajon, yeah, ah, that's right. Yeah, that's forty-five minutes from the border. El Cajon, <laughs> dude, that's crazy. I can't believe I even remembered El Cajon. Um, I've El Cajon never was gnarly. I, I know. It's I've gnarly. never been there. That's why. Uh, Best, <laughs> that's why. but I will say this: um, if you want a really good burrito, any time of day, it could be two in the fucking morning. There's like a hundred places in El Cajon. Dude, that are best just Mexican so food. Good. Best Mexican food I've had. You know what? Actually, I had this conversation with Kylie down there. We were all, all kind of thinking that we get better Mexican food up here. I don't think so. But I, I disagree. Uh, what, um, it's all good. We live in California, well, so true. it's all Believe good. Believe me. I but... know. We drove past this place in Tennessee, this Mexican restaurant, and it was literally like they had like a it was like multicolored like pastel colors like they still think mexico uh, mexicans run around in sombreros yeah. with bandolier bullet belts <laughs> on it's hilarious they have no idea what mexicans are in tennessee yeah. it's fucking beautiful yeah. but it sucks because <laughs> then i can only eat barbecue and i can't eat al pastor and that's not fun yeah no not at all so but i will say i love san diego if i can live anywhere in california san, san diego, diego yeah. for sure that's where yeah. i used to live i you know i was born there and but I don't know. So with everything being as straight, I mean, it's such a weird time and it's not like, it's really not like anything we've ever seen before. And maybe it's, it affects, it's affecting like everybody, you know, it's the whole world. But I do think to a degree, it's, it's hard to know what to believe. Yeah. And it's so hard to get information and you have, it's like now it's it's hard to get information versus unvaccinated. Yeah. It's Republicans and, and it, and versus it, Democrats. And it sucks you know? because I don't want someone to be mad at me for getting vaccinated or think I'm, I love the government because yeah. of it. And I don't want someone to get mad at me for not getting vaccinated because maybe I don't, you know, because they think I'm some like clan member or some yeah. anti-vaxxer. Or I don't believe in science. And there, there's a I, here's how I feel about the whole vaccine issue. I think it's really intelligent and really a good instinct to want to do things that protect you Uh from things that will hurt you and harm you and want to kill you. Yeah. I've had vaccines my whole life. Uh I also believe that it's perfectly normal 
an intelligent and instinctual and a good idea to not want to put something that was created so swiftly into your body that that we don't have a lot of information on the long-term effects of yet. Right. I I respect both people's places. And I don't think you should tell people not to get vaccinated. And I don't think you should tell people to get vaccinated. Well, I mean, you can say whatever the fuck you want. I just don't think that, I just don't think that there should be a government interference. There's no, no reason that there should be a, a, someone at my front door with a gun saying you have to do this. Nobody should force you to do anything is what I think. As long as you're not hurting anybody. And the, and I know what people are going to say, well, you're hurting yourself by getting COVID and spreading it. And it's like, well, you can get COVID with the vaccine too. So, you know, point that fucking gun somewhere or, you know, point yeah. that judgmental finger somewhere else. Yo, what's that? You know, when you point a finger or uh, you got three pointing right back at you, yeah. that fucking cornball Tennessee shit. That's true. I, picked up on my- <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I think, uh, I, it's weird. It was just the whole thing was so weird, and it caused me to make a lot of lot of strange decisions, you know. And just like it did with everybody. I mean, you don't really know. I was I'm a musician, yeah. you know. So it's like when that was taken, it, it it felt like okay, well, this is going to be for the greater good if people don't get together for things like this. Like yeah. People don't get together for music. Mm-hmm. You know, people aren't going to get sick that way. I'll just figure it out. I mean, like five, five, you know, like, fuck, it was in March of 2020. I didn't get to play like my first shows until like this year, like in like starting in like April or March. I didn't start like, that's when I started playing shows again. It was like an entire year. There's only three months left in the year. Right. I think I played one show at Southside Coffee outside Mm. and that was it. But it was so weird. And then it's like, I got back into playing shows but then you you have this you're like you're oh, I can't wait to play again I can't wait to be around people but then you're like I don't want people to get sick so like what if somebody has it and they don't know it and they're here they're gonna get other people sick you know well that it, but it's a calculator risk you got to take yeah when, people when know you go the dri- risk yeah taking. when you go driving at night someone might be a, a drunk yeah. they might be driving on the same road as you and they might kill you but you yeah. know you got to live your life you know you got to get from point A to point B and you can't let these fears and apprehensions stop you from living it and i think that's how more people are dealing with this now because they're you have i mean it's definitely not the majority of people but you there's definitely people who like i in my opinion in my personal experience i i finally was like okay i'm not gonna i'm gonna be safe and i'm gonna be respectful but I'm not going to act like going outside or being around somebody is going to kill me. I'm not going to act like, um, I'm not going to let this thing that everybody's worried about. Yeah. I'm not going to let it completely zap me of my life. Cause I let that happen for like four or five months. I didn't leave my house. I was around the same four people. I got drunk every day. I stopped writing songs. I quit yearbooks during that like i was so shocked by that too and then i felt almost guilty because we had had that podcast where you spoke like i don't even know how to phrase it maybe um like in a place like a lack of confidence about the band yeah well i mean i was already kind of there you know at that time but 
that, that's good that you brought that up because now it's bringing me back to what my initial point was in the yeah. first place yeah. about that. It's like bringing home. Um, I wasn't the easiest person to work with, you know. Um, I was a drunk. I was broke. Um, and I'm, I'm just overall, so you know, I'm kind of, I can be kind of hard to deal with. And I've been trying to fix that. So, so how have you fixed it now? Because I feel like you're in a quite a nice situation. You, I feel you have this terrific band now. Really great songs. I love hearing it. I love your covers. It's called Good Grief, everybody. That's right. Good, good grief. grief. One word. Good grief. Thank you. I appreciate you're 90, that. You're almost, you're going to be 100 days sober. How do we make it this long into the podcast without me mentioning my band, like my new band at all? <laughs> I don't know. You're too busy up your own fucking ass, Dallas, to let Brett talk. No, no, I've been, I've been yapping my head off this whole time. So thank you. <laughs> hey, well, you know what? That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say is like, you have so much in us as humans. We were so much deeper than we give ourselves credit for. Mm-hmm. You haven't even gotten to your band. You haven't even gotten to True. your solo album. Oh yeah. So see, whoa! Good <laughs> thing I took the notes. Dallas came prepared. So it's like with yearbooks, like you gotta understand. Like I was in that band for seven years. That's crazy. And and when I say seven years, I mean that includes the iteration. Really, seven years? Yeah, what though, was I'm it including before? the iteration, like the the versions of the band, like before we had the formal name. Um, the first band name for yearbooks was called hard feelings but then there's this band from like new jersey that threatened to sue us because they had the same name because they found us on facebook and like we had like 20 likes on facebook and nobody knew who the fuck we were and (laughs) i remember that bullshit you guys don't change your fucking band name we're gonna have to send you like a cease and desist or some shit and we're like what the whatever you know what i'm gonna find them but well, I, mean, I keep, get talk, it. keep I, talking. I'm yeah. gonna. What was it? Was it hard? It was no hard feelings. No, it's just hard feelings. I think. I no, don't know. I think it was no hard feelings because I had this conversation with Tim. Keep talking. Talk Either way, me. well, I mean, good on those guys. I mean, whatever. But Be, and then I ain't mad. And then it was nothing but hard. That's feelings. right. Just to let you let those motherfuckers know. Yeah, nothing we still but kept hard feelings. hard feelings, and that's nothing but hard feelings. But then, those uh, fucking bitches. Then we stopped playing for like a couple months, and then when we reformed, Kevin was like, "Okay, I'm gonna sing, and then you'll play guitar, and then Carlos is gonna do drums and whatever." And then we, I had wrote a song called "Yearbooks" that we were using for nothing but hard feeling, and Kevin really liked the name of that, so we ended up making that the band name, and it worked because it was one compound word, mm-hmm. and it it gave this sense of like adolescence and it was pop punk. So it just kind of, it definitely, it, it definitely it worked immediately. It was a really appropriate name. Yeah. It stuck. And then, so when I quit the band, like I was in, like I said, I was in the band for like seven years and I was, I was like 17 when we started playing together and April of 2020 came around and I was trapped inside my house and I felt like I was trapped inside my house and I was drunk and insecure and I was going through a breakup and perpetually going through a fucking breakup that was happening for like two fucking years at that point and (laughs) uh, or a year at that whatever just making mistakes and we had been arguing a lot and I like I said I was difficult I was drunk all the time you know like I really was like couldn't really get a lot through to me and i um 
I quit. I just one day we were got in an argument. They wanted to record a song, like a single to put out. Yeah. But this was when you couldn't travel unless you had essential things. I mean, and going to record an out like a single yeah. isn't really considered essential. And I didn't want to go do it anyway because I didn't want to be around anyone that wasn't in my home. You should have done what Bo Burnham did and just record it in your oh, bedroom. We're gonna get to that because I, I thought that was amazing. I haven't seen it. Okay, you should <laughs> you should watch it because it's amazing. I've seen I've seen parts of it and I can tell. And he's won. Some it's not a comedy. I'm not considering it a comedy. I'm not. I don't think it's a comedy at all. But I don't it's think very, Bo Burnham's good. funny. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's talented. He's very talented and he is funny, but it also. If I'm looking for a laugh, I'm not watching Bo Burnham. Yeah. You know I would I mean? call it more of a work of art than a than a comedy special. Speaking of a work of art, I have to pull my dick out right now. Yeah, and go take a piss. I'll be right back. Okay. So what, what, you wanna? Nah, just keep talking. Okay. I was hoping to go have a cigarette. Oh well, let's pause this, bitch. We'll come back. Sweet. There I just want to let everyone know that Dallas just used my bathroom, <laughs> and he did not wash his hands. <laughs> I didn't. Which is my fault because I am out of soap. So if any of you are wondering, he I, I don't wash either. my hands in my own home. <laughs> well, talk about being how single you are again. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty <laughs> fucking I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. evident. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you have a new band called Good Grief. Yes. And I saw them. Good yes. Grief. Um, so fucking good. Where'd the name come from? Um, it's actually a Foo Fighters song. Really? Yeah. So it's off their first record. Um, and I was really listening to Foo Fighters a lot when I started writing some of the songs and I just thought that was a cool saying and nobody says it anymore. Everybody used to like, good grief. You know, everybody would say that like back in the day, like years ago, you know, and Charlie Brown says it. So. I was going to, that's his name. I was trying, I was sitting here trying to think. Good of grief. Fucking, yeah. yeah. Good grief. Yeah. And Absolutely. it's just, and it, the thing that's cool is like. That was just the idea for the band name. So when I would tell people that it was called Good Grief, I always got a reaction and people were like, ha, it's funny, I like that. Yeah. And it works out for yeah. a band. So well, and it looks good. Yeah, I think on so. a flyer. I think so. Which yeah. is weird. It gives me like weird, like positive vibes when I see it. Yeah. It makes me I I don't know, something about it definitely like elicits something. And I think it's a read the right choice. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So Good grief, pretty like rose from like like when like when I quit your books, I I didn't do anything for a long time. I wasn't writing um, songs for good grief. Like I, I I was working on my solo record that yeah. I did, and then that was all I was focusing on. And then it wasn't until what fucking fucking September, so six months ago, mm-hmm. I started writing songs for good grief. And when did you guys play your first show? In June. June. We played our first show in June. This show, um, the show we're playing on next Saturday, not this Saturday, but the following, on the 25th, is going to be our fourth show. And we're opening for Yearbooks. So if How anybody funny. is into that, Yearbooks is playing our last show on September 25th at the Wicked Shamrock in Lompoc. So, but it's only our fourth show. It's our fourth gig, and we've already had. It's myself, and then it's my friend Miguel, who used to play in yearbooks for a little while. Great guy, really great bass player, amazing taste in music. Does Miguel have a last name? Miguel and Ciso. Nice. And then my friend Roland Barrera, he's been in some bands in the Central Coast. He was in a band called Into the Abyss for a long time with 
my friend Miguel. I've heard that name before. Yeah. He also played in a band called Bubonic a long time ago. They were from, I think, Napomo. This is oh. a long time ago. Yeah, um, I, I used to live in Napomo. I grew up in Napomo. Yeah. Used to go they used to, to play a, at Rippin. Rippin. Yeah, they, like, he was like living there for yeah. a while, <laughs> which is very punk rock. Many people. You know what? Maybe I know him or like, refer, like through someone. Yeah, I think so. I think you might have I, him I auditioned for a band at Rippin once. Trip out for singer yeah. or what? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You make a good front man. That's for sure. I was told that for so long. Yeah. And then I did try and it went horrible. <laughs> oh, I was like, okay, let's, I was just, I was just out of my element. I th- um, These people, they were like on their second and third bands. And I was like, yeah. I never got my first one to happen. So yeah. And then we got, um, my friend tank plays drums. It's pretty tank. Cool. That's yeah, a great name. Wait, tank. do I know him? Maybe he's a little bit older than us. Tank. But, That's a good uh, name. Yeah. He's a great drummer. He's an amazing drummer. You're um, a great drummer too, which thank is, you. that's always the sign of a good musician. Is there a good drummer? Yeah. There's Drums good guitarists. Fun. There's good singers, favorite. but you can drum and play guitar and sing what? so well. When you play guitar, it looks like you're like, whatever. I got this. Like you make it look so easy. And it's amazing. Thank you. That's how you know someone's good. When someone does something so well, it looks like majestic or it looks like you could do it yourself. Yeah. Great sign of a great talent. Yeah. And well, I'm not trying to you. kiss your ass here. You're not but trying to I swing just, my dick. <laughs> maybe. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, it, it, seriously, I just think people get a little too in their own heads and sometimes they just need a little bit of encouragement. And sometimes I worry. You can do that and i just want to be your friend and always be like hey fucking you rock literally well, so <laughs> yeah there's there's times where sometimes i regret the pursuing of what i've been doing but for the most part i know that i'd be completely miserable without it so i think people i think it's so important for people to do what makes them happy my friend sean made a good point to me he's like you know there's so many people that disregard art and music and shit like that is a way of living life and a means to make money and supporting yourself. But those people that have that opinion and work their nine to five job and work just to work, they consume art in their free time, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. anyway, so good grief. We're going to do, we're playing that show. Um, we just finished recording our first album. It's called walk all over me. That's and, the name uh, of a great ACDC song, Walk All Over You. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, there's a, so we got an album called Walk All Over Me. It's only seven songs, but... Walk All Over Me sounds like a kink, and I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm all about it. <laughs> so, um, Walk All Over Me. We're going to be doing a video oh, yeah? next month with Casey Farrow. And all right on. I, we're just trying to find a place to shoot it. I think we might do it at the Wine Factory, but... Uh, I'm going to do green screens and kind of like a lo-fi deal. Just have fun with it and dress up. I'm excited. Which song are you doing it for? Um, It's going to be for a song called Just Like You. Just Like You. Which is going to be the single. We're going to do two singles. Mm -hmm. Um, A double. One of which I'm going to show you if you want after this. Yeah, please. Um, So, yeah. So that's what really I've been directing like a lot of my attention to. And it's, it's so nice to be in a band with, first of all, people who've already established themselves as music, like musicians mm-hmm. and kind of like, we're all on the same page and the chemistry is good. We yeah, all get you have along. Yeah. We yeah. all get along and 
everybody's valued you know in the band you know everybody's very important we that's, have meetings once a month and that's really good because uh, i think a, a lot of the pers- interpersonal politics of bands end up being uh, a downfall of yeah. something that- egos can when egos clash it can be pretty um pretty damaging i think yeah. so and it, and it's it's you know it's a trip because you know when yearbooks first started like we were writing songs together but then after a while, I, I I just took the position of songwriter, so I would write yeah. a lot of the stuff, mm-hmm. most of it, and then. How cool is that? God. Well, I mean, what a fucking. <laughs> what a great guy. What a um, great guy. Good grief. Um, so but it's cool with this band because we actually get together and work on songs. Like we have our first record coming out, and then we almost have enough songs to do another record. Yeah. So so, so that kind of story as far as bands go like black sabbath came out there for i'm just wearing a black sabbath shirt and i was listening to them on the way here and i'm a big I fucking fanboy. yeah they're all right they're yeah they're okay no big deal they, or anything they okay <laughs> fucking black sabbath self-title album paranoid and master of reality uh-huh. all came out within two years uh-huh. if not the first year it's like and they just had so many songs. I love nothing more than like the Melvins. They uh-huh. have one to two albums a year yep. minimum. And they only had one major label album, and that was Houdini. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, I think I'm pretty sure. I think it was. I think it was the, the only Doors major put one. out three record or two mm-hmm. records in 1967 too. So it's like, god damn, it's crazy how fast bands can turn out material. I think because uh, sometimes they're just sitting on it, and sometimes like. Not that uh, writing music is easy, but when you're creative and you can dominate that shit, I, I it fascinates me. Yeah. It seriously, like, cause I don't write jokes that often. I couldn't write an album of jokes and then have a new album of jokes. You know. Yeah, that's what's so impressive to me about comics versus musicians is that first of all, it's a different thing, but musicians you could play stuff that spans your career over and over yeah. again and people are stoked to hear it if you're a comic you have to tell new jokes every yeah. time otherwise you time. turn stale there's like maybe five comics ever that can tell old jokes and people are just as excited to hear them because they're like a phenomenon yeah you know and that's rare rare yeah. you got to be like andrew dice clay mm. but still if he only had like his old stuff they, people would be like, oh, I'm kind of disappointed. I want to see some, you know, some right. of this new stuff. There's always going to, yeah. And so it's a trip. And I mean, we have these new songs, but I mean, I don't know. They still got it. We're still working them out. But it's just the fact that it's nice to have creative spark from all ends. And on top of that, it's like we have like a routine down. Nice. You know, we have our guitar tones all set. Like we have the tour van where we're about to make some merch. Like we're we're getting ready to like do the thing. Sounds and like a great plan of attack you have going on here. Yeah, and the, and I can only owe that to the people who are in the band because they have the same drive and understanding, mm-hmm. and they're all so good at what they do that, um, it really makes for a comfortable environment, you know. And we communicate. We all talk every day. We all hang out. We you know we when things have to get paid for, we do it all equally. Yeah. And, we communicate about everything. We put, like I said, we have a meeting once a month. We put stuff on the table. Yeah. And, you know, make plans. And mm-hmm. so we're really trying to do, and I mean, like, we take it very seriously. Like, there's one, you know, when the merch gets all printed, we're going to have inventory sheets mm-hmm. and stuff like, you know, we're going to have all this. 
stuff that's going to be taken care of a certain way. And, and I only have that. I only have to like, I owe that to yearbooks because I learned so much in that band. Yeah. Stuff that I didn't really utilize when I was in the band because I was such a fucking, you know, whatever. But I learned a lot being in that band. I also learned a lot about how not to be when you're playing in a band. And I'm talking about those guys. I'm talking about me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I learned to be more understanding and like listen more and um, put in the effort that I was allowing other people to do for me because I didn't give them an option. You know, like just yeah. making myself try to be a better person and and have a closer relationship with the people I play music with. And it's it's so cool to see this like matured version of you and your you know musical exports yeah well thank you i'm trying i mean it's i quit drinking and i'm still dealing with a lot of shit and i'm still trying to rebuild myself and it gets very hard and i fuck up all the time and you know there's that yeah that show you played just recently um with fuck I think it was Eli Live's uh, yeah, was uh, comeback grief. show yeah, and everything. Was, yeah. Dude, you guys fucking blew that shit out of the water. Kylie it came up so to me after that show and she was like, hey, you guys sound great, but your Nirvana covers? And I thought she was going to, I don't know what she was going to say. I was like, yeah. And she's all, it's not very often when people can actually nail Nirvana, but you guys do it so well. And I was like, thank you so she much. She was like, so shit. excited about it. She loves Nirvana. And oh my God, she... You know, and I, I couldn't stop hearing how much she enjoyed it, and I was like, "That's fucking cool." Because I, it would be awkward if she hated it. And yeah. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go over to Brett's." Oh shit! <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, they, one who sucks, <laughs> Nirvana cover." <laughs> but no, it's uh, great. Yeah, so that was cool. And the thing that's crazy about Good Grief is that the two show we I think we've only. We actually only played two shows. So this is going to be our third show now that I think about it. Um, I feel like I've seen that you in that band multiple times, yeah. oddly enough. It's weird. It's only been two. We've only played two public performances. So oh, it's like when like the first show that Good Grief... Already feels established. Yeah, Just saying. Shit, for real. <laughs> the Good Grief played our first show at the Sham in June. Yeah. And like I did the old school thing. Like Not only did I... I did post it on social media, of course, and all that, but I went out and I printed flyers and I put flyers up around town. And when we showed up to play, there was like a hundred fucking people there. There's a lot of people there. Crazy. A lot of and people there. We were the only band that played and we only had like 45 minutes of material. Oh wait, oh wait, 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 wait this were, was the first. The, oh, where was this? In, this is at the sham. So we've only, well, like the shows that we played have only been at the sham because that's the only place to play around here right now. Was I at the first show? I don't know if you were at the first one. I know you guys were at the second one for sure. Yeah, definitely. It was terrific. Um, Eli Alive fucking rock too. Those guys look like they haven't missed a beat. I couldn't believe that they've gone that long without playing a show. They said. Yeah, it was like two years. I'm glad they were there too. They must. They sounded great. They looked yeah, great. They, they performed rock. great. I couldn't believe it. They, yeah. It looked like a fucking layup for them. Yeah, they, um, yeah that was a good time. For sure. they, I know one of them's probably listening to this right now going like. Because <laughs> they've all asked to be or to do a podcast and I want a podcast with them. Yeah. I, I'm very I've glad, put, I'm I've very put glad it they came to so that show. I've put it off so many times and I feel horrible. This is just me uh, reaching out to say like, hey, like uh, it's definitely going to happen. You guys are great. Thank yeah. you for being so kind and such, you know, good good listeners and good, uh, f- you know, friends on social me- yeah. media even. 
Yeah, they made that that show was nuts. People were jumping up and down, going ape shit for him. It was great. I'm, that was I'm the first so, time I've moshed in so long. Oh yeah, no, that was. I'm I'm very glad they played that show. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. So this next show, it's like, I have a good feeling there's gonna be a decent like a pretty big amount of people there just because it's yearbooks playing our last show and it's in Lompoc. So it's yearbooks and Good Grief's opening. Yeah, September twenty fifth. At the Wicked Shamrock Irish Surf Pub in Lompoc, uh-huh. California. Yes, sir. What time? Uh, Good Grief goes on at nine. Okay. So goes your books will go on at ten, and nice. your books is going to play probably till about eleven thirty. Is there a cover charge at the door? The show is free. The show it's is a free. free. Show. Fuck yeah, um, dude. We'll be selling merch. Um, your books will be selling merch. I think at discounted. If we have it, it's while supplies last. So it's come buy a t-shirt or a hoodie or whatever. Um, and then we're going to have uh, cameras and stuff. We're trying to do like a, a video to do streaming nice. so people can watch it if you can't be here. And it's just gnarly because it, for me, it's emotional. Like we've gotten together and practiced for, we've practiced twice now. And some of the guys I haven't seen in over a year. Shit, I haven't seen my brother in six months. You know, he's been in the army. So, so is he back in town right now? He's going to be back on Sunday or okay. Saturday. So he looks wait. great. I'm so happy for oh, him. Dude, I'm hot. so I'm so yeah, right. He's I'm so now. impressed with him for joining the army and everything. Yeah, I talked to him for about an hour today before you got here. Nice. Um, but he said the only thing he wanted to do is play a show. And That's I was beautiful. Like, you fucking got it, dude. So Ugh. it was emotional for me going and just playing some of the songs. Like yeah. right when we got together, like last week, it was our first practice oh, in fucking over two years. I can only imagine. And. I'm playing a room. I'm playing in the room with everybody, and it's so weird because it's like we got through our first song, and I felt choked up. Like I was like, "Ooh, that's uh you know." It's just one of those things where it's like, I'm very happy to that I got the chance to come back to at least do this one last show yeah. and to be around everybody. And but it's also bittersweet because it's like this is this is how it's ending. Yeah, you know, we did. I didn't know how it was going to go if we would have stayed in it. If I would have stayed in it longer, or where we were headed in the future. But you know, at the time when I quit the band, it just felt like that it was time to quit the band. You know what this is though? Mm. It's the start of something really amazing. Yeah, it's going to be an yeah, it's going to be an emotional night for because sure. Because you're, it's opening with your future, and it's closing with your past. Yeah. And it's going to be tied up in a nice bow. People don't get these kind of things in life. Yeah. They don't get stories that with good endings. They don't get punctuation. And they don't get kinds of closure. Yeah. And when I see the position you're in, just from an outsider perspective that no one asked for, <laughs> um, it, lo- <laughs> it looks to me, it would be emotional. But it, I would be so infinitely thankful for the opportunity for something like this in my life to happen so succinct uh-huh. or so just so direct. Yeah. It seems like it was written to be the last show for that band, yeah. your books. And the beginning of something new. And the beginning of Good Grief, something new. And it just, it, that's I think what's, it yeah, just was causing me to be emotional. That, it yeah. sounds there's emotional. So much of, there's so can, much emotion. I can feel the emotion yeah. just sitting over here, just thinking about it. Yeah, we're playing like Yearbooks is playing a song called Everest, which is the first single that we actually put out that we really promoted, and it was before we put out our first record. 
And I remember that that was the first song that people would come and actually point their fingers and jump up and down and sing yeah. the words to. And oh, that man. was my goal. I met the only goal I had playing in a band is I just wanted people to come to our shows and yell what we were singing to them right back at us. You know, that was the only goal that we had. It's incredible how far we went, even if it's on a smaller scale. You know, we weren't really shooting for anything crazy, but given the circumstances and how things panned out and things that we were able to do, you know, I was really surprised, you know, and I don't really think about the impact of that too much, but you know, some of the shit that we did was pretty impressive. Like we did sign to a record label, you know, we did put out several records, you know, or a few records. Like we did the music videos, we did the warp tour competition, you know, we did all this stuff, you know, we got an alternative press, we got on Kerrang, we did all this shit. Like, yeah, a lot of bands have done before, but like from Lompoc, you know, we didn't have an expected goal of success. You know, yeah. we just wanted to play for people. So the opportunities that I was given and some of the best times of my life were in that band, but also a lot of like the worst times of my life coexisted with the best times of my life, if it makes sense. It does. The band was great. Playing in the band was great. Given that opportunity to travel and tour and do all that stuff was amazing, but it was also coexisting with like the worst like turmoil I was in drinking terrible relationships losing jobs being homeless going back and forth between all this shit but I always had yearbooks you know so with that finally coming to like really putting a cap on it and and putting it away that's emotional and we're playing like I said that song Everest and I don't listen to that song I don't really listen to yearbooks anyway but sometimes, like... I don't listen to my podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I listen to Good Grief, though. But <laughs> when it comes to yearbooks, it's like... It's hard to listen to some of those songs. Because I was so young when we did a lot. We were so young when we did a lot of that. I was 19 when we put out our first record. I was That's 19 when we went crazy. on like our first tour. You know, I was just young. I was, it was a whole different world. And that was years ago. And... That song Everest, I can't listen to it because it, it'll make me cry. Like I'll, I'll choke up. It's I'm gonna, so I'm gonna listen to it that, when I leave. Yeah, that feeling just for some reason, especially the first that single version of the song that's on YouTube that doesn't sound yeah. great. It was before we really learned how to sing, but <laughs> that was the first time I felt like the band had really come together. And so now that we're playing that song at the show, I'm probably gonna cry. And whatever. I'll be sweating too much. Nobody will be able to tell. What's the backstory of Everest? So Everest was the first song that we had collectively wrote after Nothing But Hard Feelings. Like we had... So it was the first real yearbook song. It was the first real yearbook song that existed with another song called Long Term. Long Term and Everest came around the same time. And that's when we were like, okay, these these are the new songs. They were the new songs. And... Everest was the song that when we put it out as a single, first of all, everybody just felt really good about it. It was, it felt in different. The band. Yeah, like yeah. the band and everybody had a good energy about it. Um, it was, it felt different than the other songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and structure wise, it was just me and Kevin wrote it on his couch in his apartment, you know, yeah. and it, it, up until that point, like Kevin would write, the guitar parts on his own and he'd write the singing on his own for like a lot of those early songs. Mm-hmm. And then I would come and 
do my thing to him. But that song was the first time we sat down and wrote something together like that. And it had been a long time since we did something like that. So when we put that song out, that was the one that got the fr- initially got a public reaction. Yeah. So when we played that song live, people would lose their shit. Uh-huh. Even if there was only 20 people there. That's a day. Hey, 20 people is a lot of people. <laughs> and, just uh, people. <laughs> that just set the, like, it just set some things in motion. And I just think our band kind of really became, we had just got a new guitar player. Mm-hmm. Like at first it was just me, Zach, Kevin, and uh, Carlos. Mm-hmm. And then we had just, like somebody had heard a demo uh, that we, Kevin went to a story so far show in Ventura and was mm-hmm. handing out demo CDs nice. of a song we did called Long Term at mm-hmm. Certain Sparks, a mm-hmm. really just quick recording that was rough and we didn't have any money to mix it so we just did a rough and nice. he was handing it out to people nice. and some guy listened to it and was like yeah fuck it and like joined the band so it felt like it was something that somebody wanted to be a part of That's outside cool. of the circle yeah and then we wrote that song and then we got a different bass player and then we were like it felt like we were a real band wow and that's when I started taking, started really taking it seriously. So playing that at our last, we haven't played that show, that song in like five years. Long so, term, yeah, or? No, Everest. Ever, okay, yeah. okay. Um, we haven't played Everest in like five years. What, so what's the song about? Um, Kevin was getting ready. He was in a relationship with his high school like sweetheart, mm-hmm. and I, I think uh, he was at a point. Long term and Everest are pretty much about the same thing, you know, just like a lot of our songs, relationship stuff and. But Everest was him coming to conclusion that whatever that was wasn't working anymore. Mm. And I think it was the first time he was really able to identify that feeling. Yeah. Because he was with that chick for like five years. Okay. And throughout high school. And then they were living together. Mm. And long term and Everest are kind of about the same thing. And it's just that song gave us our first tagline that we were able to put on merch. Oh, yeah. And people would that would be the part of the song where people would lose their shit because the line is you had my heart when you didn't deserve to and people would just went ape shit every time that part of the song came because it's in the middle of the song and then it ends with that nice and in the in the studio when we finally tracked it we had everybody in the band and whoever was in the studio singing it too so it got some gang gang vocals vocals, yeah. yeah and so it just makes this it just made everything it just everything that's when everything really came together was that song so we're playing that at this show and it's that's going to be like the most emotional moment for me just because like that that's where it started and now this is where it's ending and i, I almost want to ask where on the set list it's going to be but i'm almost don't want an answer everest is going to be in the last three. Oh shit so oh shit kids don't say anymore yeah, i don't want to spoil it for three. anyone i don't want it spoiled for me anymore yeah. um i'm really gonna do my best to be there yeah to see it too. i hope you're there it'll be fun man i would love to be um, there i I totally intend to be there, period. So at my favorite bar with my favorite people. (laughs) Fuck for real. Sham rules. So it's yeah, it's it's just gonna be a lot of emotion. You know, um, (laughs) the sham is going through like its own changes as a bar and as a like its customer base and culture. And it's like funny a renaissance kind of almost it's not good yet but it'll I, it's not there. good yet but it's gonna be good again yeah. and it you can tell it's on like it's like picking up slowly it, it's almost like with each weekend it pulsates you know sometimes yeah. it's a deep heartbeat sometimes it's a shallow heartbeat sometimes it and it, it and it's all uh that's a lot of fun i love the sham 
I Even though it. I don't drink now, I'll still go hang out there from time to time. You know what? I haven't been drinking at least as much. I cut way yeah. back when I go there now, and I love it. I just fucking uh, just sit there, shoot some pool, drink a beer maybe, you yeah. know? Just keep it real cash. I don't ever see you hammered, so I, I mean, I don't really think you I don't drink get, I don't much. get drunk in public. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't get drunk in public anymore, um, and part of that is because of the pandemic, and I've just completely lost faith and trust in people yeah and i want to have as much of my wits about me as i possibly can yeah which means sometimes sacrificing the amount of alcohol i can drink and also i'm a stingy fucker who doesn't want to spend money yeah get drunk at home kids yeah it's way way cheaper i'll get drunk at home but you know so yeah so i hope i do hope you'll be there i'll hang out it'll be cool and then uh yeah it's gonna be a I'm anticipating that there's going to be a good amount of people there. So it's going to be a big show. So wear masks if you want to or if you have to. And keep your wits about you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really the, the like, the, for me anyway, it's like the end of an era. You know, this is the, with how this is felt and the way that I've been looking at it, it's like, okay, this is a chapter. This is my adolescence closing its book. It, yeah. You know, now I'm going on to a style of music that is different for the most part to yearbooks yearbooks was a pop punk band you know so we wrote about girls and being broke and your relationships you're maturing and, and evolving and with that comes new material and new experiences to write about and it's fun to see how humans uh you know make like a what's the fucking word i'm looking for i um reconcile their adolescence with their adulthood yeah and that relationship kind of affirming who you are as a person yeah and it it's finally happening it takes years you know like and i find it and it's cool it'll be cool you know and if Mm. good grief album will probably be out hopefully by the end of the year um i'm actually supposed to have the mixes the first round of mixes for the entire record tomorrow wow so um the record might be done tomorrow it might be done in a month um but i think it will be out no later than mid-december before christmas the record will be out so this uh, is an exciting time for you yeah it's an exciting time this is the new the new um incarnation it's just the new thing like uh and it's an exciting time to know you as well the dude, mustache. I'm so, <laughs> dude. I'm so happy for you, and uh, I'm so happy about your sobriety. Thanks. I really appreciate it's that. It's so impressive, and I have a lot of respect and reverence for people who take personal responsibility for themselves and know when to say when. Because I uh, have lost friends to their own devices and don't know yeah. that they shouldn't be doing things that overindulge themselves. Right. It's as simple as this. It, it comes down. I don't. I, I'm still newly sober, so it comes down to in my like experience. It was I was at a point, literally a crossroad. It was I either stop now and get a grip, and at least try my hand at being sober and trying to put the bottle down and try to get better. Because I didn't like who I turned into. I just was. I just was a red-faced drunk, and and look who you're turning into now, sober. 
just a uh, just a a man. Just a fucking sexy bearded man with a you know record on the way and. <laughs> yeah, it, thank you. And then the, like this, like I said, the other crossroad was just complete fucking. You, I literally was at a point with substance abuse that uh, it was like. I'm either going to stop now or I'm just going to keep doing this. And if, if I keep doing this and I don't stop right now, I'm not going to be able to stop. That's what it felt like. I'm I know that sounds crazy. Or it doesn't whatever. sound crazy. And I know there's people who are, who are in those situations yeah. and they need to hear what it feels like so they can identify it. Right. And the, I'm sure I got a lot of drunks listening. Yeah. There's a lot. I lost. I feel like I lost some friends. I feel like I, my sober? Cir- yeah, I feel like my circle is shrank. I, that's sometimes that's a good thing. It's yeah, it's not that I lost friends. I still, you know, it's not like anything like that happened. I just know that I don't want to be anyone to judge anybody else cuz I don't have a right. Yeah. And I'm still newly sober. I could fall off tomorrow. Who knows? But the plan now is to not do that. And I don't want to, it turns into not only having the compassion and respect and love for the other people around you, even if they're doing it too. Um, but you gotta, you have to remove yourself from familiar situations because I think all habits and addictions and problems like that all spawn out of your comfort zone and you won't be able to succeed with anything if you don't get out of your comfort zone. And my comfort zone was drinking all the time i couldn't agree more um and i i'm excited to do sober october with you yeah dude i did it last year or i didn't know i did dry january dry january and that was the longest up until now that i had gone i made it 28 days i didn't even make it the whole time that's but. okay uh i do sober october and then on halloween is when i break it there you go because i'm like i'm sick of not having fun on halloween fuck this yeah. and there's nothing like i said there's nothing wrong with with drinking i'm not one person to judge i just know that to my limit that i don't have a limit everything <laughs> in moderation yeah i don't have yeah everything in moderation and it, that's a concept that even with a lot of other things not even drinking that i'm still trying to work out yeah and um you know like i said i've lost some friends who have taken their own life due to those devices and if maybe it was something that could have been taken more seriously. And mm. uh, I think people, when, when, uh, when you mix sensitivity with alcohol and you mix all of that with dark thoughts, it's really hard to get out of a place like that. And it's really hard for people to believe you. And it, it's one of those things where sometimes trying to save somebody's feelings if you can see them in a situation where they're going to destroy themselves is not worth keeping your mouth shut to protect them because they're not gonna that's not going to protect them like i and that sounds super dramatic or whatever but it's true you know sometimes it don't be afraid to say something if if you see someone you care about really slipping because I've had to do that even when I was drinking. Would you, yeah, would you yeah. rather something happen to them and you go, oh, I, sh- I wish I would have said something. If only I would have said that one thing that I was thinking this whole time. Right. Perfect example. Um, Allison Chains, Lane Staley. Yeah. 
Mike Starr, who used to play bass in Alice in Change, he he died a few years ago, but he went and saw Lane on his birthday or on Mike. It was on Mike Starr's birthday. Yeah. He went and saw Lane, which happened to be the day before Lane died. Wow. And he told Lane that he was going to call the cops in an ambulance and get him out of there and go put him in rehab because Lane weighed like 90 pounds yeah. and was 6'2". And, mm-hmm. and Lane was like, I'll never speak to you again if you do that. And either way, he never spoke to him again. Wow. So it's a real... It's a real thing. And just because someone reaches out to you and don't ever use the excuse, oh, you're just drunk, man. You're not meaning what you're saying. You're not going to do that. You're drunk. Go get some rest. Maybe not do that. Maybe take it seriously because people do a lot of really stupid things when they're loaded. They do. So. Well, Brett. Enough about that, though. <laughs> Thank you for coming back to the Bad Etiquette Podcast. Thank you for having me. I don't think I said fuck as many times as last time. I think we're a little more mature in our old age. A little more maturity. Got a little more articulation. Articulation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go show Dallas I'll get the new Good Grief song. And, I'll, and after <laughs> that, I'll get out of your hair and let you have a life. Well, thank you, Dallas. I appreciate it. I like talking to you, man. I like you too, man. All right.